Please pray with me. Lord God, thank you for the gift and blessing of this day, for your holy and life-giving presence, Lord, for the way that you are with us, Lord, in the midst of joy and in the midst of sorrow. We pray, Lord, that you would speak to us today and reveal yourself to be good, to be mighty, to be powerful, to be faithful and just, and to be filled with grace. Lord God, we ask for your life-giving presence to direct us to yourself. Lord, and open our eyes, our eyes which are so easy to, are so quick to turn away from you. We pray that you would open them and direct them in your direction, that we might come into a deep and more profound relationship with you today. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Please be seated. Morning. Well, this last Thursday, at the crack of dawn, there was a constant ringing of our doorbell, right? Just ding dong, ding dong, ding dong, ding dong. And our girls used to do this for fun, right? When you, they, you knew they were at the door, and you would, they'd ring the doorbell, and you'd be trying to get there, and then they'd just keep pushing the doorbell. It was super irritating. I don't know if you all ever experienced that. But I knew all our girls were in bed, so it couldn't possibly be one of them. And they haven't done that in a little bit of time, so I didn't think it would be them either. But nonetheless, the doorbell kept going over and over and over again. So there I am trying to bring myself to the land of the living, back from that land of sleep, and get myself ready to go and answer the door, uncertain of who will be there when I get to the door. And I open the door, and there is my dad. My dad, yeah. I should have, I should have just expected it. But um, there he is at the door, and he has good news. The news is that my brother's wife had delivered their first baby. First baby, yeah. Little girl named Mays, uh, but she is six weeks premature, so please keep her in your prayers still. Um, but he wanted to share the good news with me and my family that this baby had come into the world. Now, let's look at our gospel passage for today, right? Because it contains good news for us as well. Now, back in New Testament times, a disciple's job was to follow their rabbi and to seek to do everything the same as the rabbi. They wanted to, to mirror the rabbi in all of their actions. And, and so they followed the pattern of imitation, right? They would follow and listen and learn, just like children trying to learn how to survive and to flourish in this world. And so from Jesus, the disciples were learning how to speak like him, how to heal like him, how to reason like him, how to think like him, how to heal like him, how to deliver like him. They wanted to learn all those things by watching him and following him. And here in our passage, after observing him praying one time, one of them asked Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. So John the Baptist had taught his disciples how to pray, and now here the disciples of Jesus want Jesus to do the same thing for them, to give them some pattern for prayer, how to communicate. Now the easiest way for those disciples to learn how to pray, if they had been learning everything else by observation, would be for them to observe Jesus praying and to do the same, right? Seems like a no-brainer. But what we often see the disciples doing when Jesus is praying is 
Sleeping! That's right. Yeah, they're like, oh, a little break here. I'm going to take a nap. And so they ask him for the Cliff Notes version of exactly how to pray. And he tells them this. He gives them, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, as for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. And do not bring us to the time of trial. Now, knowing the Lord's Prayer, you might immediately notice that this seems really short and has a couple of gaps that left us kind of lurching there for the next words. Well, there is a long, longer version of this prayer in the Gospel of Matthew, which includes, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, um, which comes right after your kingdom come or thy kingdom come. And it also includes at the end, but deliver us from evil or from the evil one. But even this leaves us short, right? Because we're used to the doxology being on the end of it, right? With, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. But this doxology doesn't pop into the prayer until a little while later when it showed up in some translations of the Gospel of Matthew. That's where you get the doxology from. But the earliest translations or the earliest manuscripts of Matthew don't include the doxology. Now, the Roman Catholics, as many of you know, do not use the doxology, although they do include it in their service. It's just not a part of the Lord's Prayer. And we don't always use it either. Do you know that? Not just when we forget it, but (laughs) some of our liturgies in our Book of Common Prayer don't include the doxology as well. And it's always fun to be at something like... clergy conference or convention and to do the Lord's Prayer and say noonday prayer because then it doesn't include that doxology and you get to hear everyone like mumbling <laughs> as they catch themselves saying it and realize that they're not supposed to be saying it that moment. So that historical lesson aside, uh, let's get to this prayer. Now in the Lord's Prayer, um, The Lord is teaching us to pray for many things. First, it begins with a prayer that the name of God be held up as holy. The name of the Lord be held up as holy. Father, hallowed be your name. Now, according to the author and pastor, John Piper, this is a missionary prayer. It's a missionary prayer that God would be respected and worshipped everywhere, that all peoples at all times would hold his name as holy The next thing we see in the prayer is your kingdom come. It's a prayer that the kingdom of God would be made manifest here, that it would be visible and present and profound and transformative and that all things would work according to the will of the king, God himself. Now, this is the work that Jesus Christ was doing, and it will be completed when he returns as the king at his second coming. And then all will know, and all, every knee will bow and tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, and that work will all be complete. And then we come to the line that we think of very often, give us each day our daily bread. Jesus teaches his disciples to ask God for their daily provision, for their needs for that day. Like manna in the wilderness, God would continue to provide for his children. But this word that we translate so simply as daily is actually one of the more confusing words 
in the entire New Testament because it only appears in the Lord's Prayer, both here in Luke and then also in the Gospel of Matthew. It only shows up in one other place in Greek literature as well. It's a 5th century manuscript, which doesn't have much to do with this. Right? And so usually when a word shows up very rarely, they're able to look at other manuscripts and compare it to different interpretations for how that word might be used in its context. But here all we have is this word appearing twice in the New Testament. And it's the word epiusios. And because it appears only here, it has no clear meaning. Nobody's entirely sure what that word means. But it seems to be a combination of two words, the word super and the word essential. Super essential. I love it. It sounds like a teenager, right? No, my iPod is super essential, right? So it can refer to the necessity of daily bread, right? This bread is super essential to our survival, right? We need food every day to survive. Or it could refer to some other super essential bread. Now, what other kind of bread can you think of that would be super essential? Oh, I was thinking cinnamon raisin. But yes, you're right. Spiritual bread. Spiritual bread. And according to St. Jerome, he teaches that this referred to communion. Right? Super essential bread. Bread that you can't find in our daily lives apart from Christ. It's this super essential bread which nourishes us in a way that nothing else does. Now the next line uh, goes, and forgive us our sins. And this reminds us that like the daily hunger that the disciples had, which they needed God to satisfy, so too would they daily need to be forgiven. And so he teaches them to ask for forgiveness whenever they pray. The challenge, though, is that the next line asks something of us. Or it's an action that, that we are praying the Lord would give us the ability to do, right? For we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. Now, I am a huge fan of God forgiving me. Right? Aren't you? Absolutely. But I would prefer to choose my timeline for when to forgive other people. Right? Wouldn't you? Like, let me chew on it for a while. Let me kind of mull over this and determine if this is, you know, if they're worthy of it. Right? I say that in all jest, but this passage, this prayer that the Lord teaches us, links those two things. Forgiveness of our sins and our forgiveness of other people. And I find that disconcerting. Do you? And forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. It speaks of our forgiveness of other people as something which has already happened, which we have already done. And that challenges me, challenges me to forgive others like Christ has forgiven me. That is hard, but it's what we are to pray. And God will give us strength to do that. The next line says, and do not bring us to the time of trial. It's like, it's a prayer. It's an imploring of God to protect the disciples from the hard times, to protect them from the challenges of life, whether they be external or internal. And it seems to also be speaking of that time of final judgment, 
where the Lord will open up that book which has all those works that we have done and where the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ will wash away our sins and all that will be there will be the righteousness of Christ. Now that's what we have here in this Gospel of Luke. But Jesus is not only teaching them what to say and how they are to, what they are to pray, he's going to teach them how to pray as well. And so he gives them a parable on prayer. And this is a parable about friends, right? One friend goes to another friend's house in the middle of the night because another friend has come to visit and he doesn't have any bread to give him. Interesting, it's bread, since we've just been talking about it in the Lord's Prayer. And he's whacking on the door in the middle of the night, and the friend doesn't want to get up and get it, but he doesn't want his kids to wake up either. And so, because of his persistence, we are told, he will get up and give him whatever he needs because of his persistence. And so Jesus is here telling his disciples about the need for persistence in prayer. Prayer is not something we just toss out there once. And we're good. It's not like an inoculation. Prayer is something that needs to be persistent. To ask for what you need and to not give up until the prayer is answered. And then he encourages them to pray in a positive way because that parable kind of stinks in terms of motivation, doesn't it? Right? I mean, who really wants to be the one pounding on their friend's door in the middle of the night? Making their friend all mad and upset with them. Right? No, we don't want to. And so he tells them this positive way of understanding our relationship with God. He says, ask and it will be given you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. God wants to answer their prayers. He wants to open the door. He wants to provide what they're asking for. And so he gives a final word of encouragement. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? God knows what is good, and he wants to give it. Jesus wants the disciples to ask the Father for it. And ultimately... He wants to give the gift of his Holy Spirit, which is the power of God. He wants to give that to his disciples. Now, like the disciples, we might find prayer difficult because prayer asks hard things of us, doesn't it? Prayer asks for relationship. And perhaps this is why the disciples had a hard time relating to Jesus' normal prayers. Perhaps this was hard, why they asked him for a simplified version rather than uh, imitating everything he did. Because Jesus' Jesus's prayers were backed by such a profound relationship with the Father. I mean, it couldn't be faked. But we are invited into a relationship with the Father as well. Sure, we don't have all eternity behind us in this prayer, but we are adopted children of God. Therefore, like a beloved family member ringing the doorbell over and over again in the morning, God invites us to come faithfully, to come, and through prayer, 
to grow in depth of relationship with him. What a gift it is that the creator of all that is, the God of the universe, invites us to come and to knock. And he gives us a promise that he will open the door to us. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you that you are the God of grace and mercy and love. You are the God who opens doors to your people. Lord, you call us to faithfulness and persistence in prayer. And yet, Lord, that is so often the thing that we lack. So give us strength, Lord God. Give us the gift of your Holy Spirit that he might lead us into to a faithful and deep and profound relationship with you. And give us your words for prayer, Lord, words that flow from our hearts. We thank you for this Lord's Prayer that we have been blessed with. We pray that that prayer would always be on our lips, that we would be people, Lord God, who lift up to you our requests, our concerns, and the needs of others, Lord. And we pray that when you lead us into prayer, we would pray with boldness and with a trust, Lord, that you will open the door and that you will answer. We thank you, Lord God, for your love for us, for the salvation you have provided in our Savior, your Son, Jesus Christ. And we pray, Lord God, that you would help us to faithfully Follow him, Lord, and his example of coming to you and seeking you in prayer. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.